I can remember this in that moment when I looked around, uh, my coaches weren't there, my brothers weren't there, my friends, my crazy cousins, nobody, the girl wasn't there. I was there all alone. I had to cry out to the God of the universe that night. He was the last resort. Uh, so the resource, uh, you know, every resource had failed. And, you know, when they failed, I died with them and I had to go back to the source and he met me right where I was. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes special guests join in. There are some moments in your life when you can see what's happening with great clarity. All of the distractions, all of the excuses, all of the things you thought were important fade into the background. Today, Pastor Daniel and Billy hear Rashawn Copeland's story of how God broke through the noise and reached out to him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Billy with this special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Crazy Happy with me, Daniel Fusco, a podcast that is our focus is just to look at what does it mean to be happy in the way that God created us to be happy? As a pastor, as a as an author, as a speaker, people all the time say, hey, dude, doesn't God want me to be happy? And they almost always ask me that in the midst of something's going, something's hard, something's messed up. And it's like, well, if, if God is there, well, doesn't God want me to be happy? And I always say, absolutely, God does want you to be happy. Yeah. But the ways that we look for happy isn't ever the places where God is offering us the happiness that he has for us. So this is just an opportunity to talk about what does it mean to be happy in the street level where we all live. As always, I am joined by my friend, co-host. There's so many things that I've said about Billy, but he is a phenomenal dad, a phenomenal husband. He is an author, investigative journalist, uh, he's also quite witty. He's got he's got a great sense of humor, and he can rock a Peloton like a pro. <laughs> Billy, what's good? What's new? How are we doing, you know, buddy? You paused there for a minute. I was like, what's it going to be today? Like, I was waiting for it, and then you said witty. So I was like, okay, we've got something. This is good. I'm going to take it. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I'm doing great, man. And it's good to see you. And we are super stoked because, I mean – I've been so looking forward to having our friend, Rashawn Copeland, on the Crazy Happy Podcast. Rashawn, I mean, right as I met him, and I'd seen him online, but when I met him, I'm right away, I'm like, bro, this dude knows Jesus because like Rashawn walks in the room and the whole room lightens up. It's like we went from we went from dim, you know, uh, candles to people turned on the fluorescence. Like it's Jesus in that smile. It's that Stop. smile. Yeah, y'all crazy. I love y'all so much, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. And again, just like we were talking about before, Jesus is at the center of all this. Where would we be without him, right? I don't so, even want to know. 
<laughs> Likewise. <laughs> well, you know, the Apostle Paul said, you know, if the resurrection wasn't true, we'd be men most miserable. And oh. it's like, I look at what all that's going on in the world today, and I'm like, man, I am so grateful. I know Jesus is real. He's at street level. But if you're listening right now, you got to go Google Rashawn Copeland because the, all the images are going to pop up are Rashawn with his Jesus-infused <laughs> smile. And Amazing. so – so, Rashad, what's going on? It's just today, what does your world look like? Awesome, brother. Uh, again, thank you both for having me. Having me. Uh, both of you guys are like heroes to me, believe it or not, because, one, uh, let's start with Billy. Billy, you were like the first guy I uh, subscribed to on email lists when I became a Christian. You and really? like born. Yeah, which is really crazy. I think it was a some type of uh, article or something I went and read and then I started following your email. So, so praise God for you and the work you've been doing, bro. And wow, that's uh, amazing. Bro, yes. And Daniel, man, Daniel, you were huge and uh, really pivotal to me through Facebook, that channel and your live videos, bro. I would engage you and you would actually talk back to me in those a long time ago. So really, really cool to, uh, be on this podcast with y'all years later, sharing my story and about my book a bit. And I, I really am humbled to be here. So my world is crazy now. I'm just trying to do all I can to grow and uh, know Jesus more and, and love my wife and uh, raise up these children that I have, you know, and send them out like arrows, but really just sharing the gospel, sharing my story and trying to be faithful with where I'm planted uh, and meeting people where they are, because that's where God met me. And that's why I wrote the book, Start Where You Are. So well, let's talk about the book, because obviously, like I got my copy right here. I mean, it's an amazing book. It's a great read. And, and in so many ways, you know, what I love so much about the book is it really, as as I've gotten to know you and, and as I enjoy watching how God uses you, like this is a, a like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally Rashawn. So like, obviously, like you, you're wanting to help people walk mm -hmm. in the very steps that you are presently walking in. Yeah. So talk to, talk a little bit about your background. Cause obviously it's like, you know, like I always like to tell people that, you know, that every uh, saint has a past, yes. you know, and, and the beauty is that every sinner has got a future Ooh. as well in Jesus. And so like, so like you got a past, I mean, you had some yeah. stuff that went on that you, that most people would think, Oh man, with all that stuff going on, there ain't no way this guy could be used, but it's, a, you know, God's a redeemer. So talk a little bit about that. Definitely, brother. So, um, yeah, God's so gracious as we're talking about. As I reflect my past, I don't deserve to be where I am. I mean, I remember uh, my fourth grade teacher started off where my life sort of went downhill. I remember she telling me never to pick up a pen and write again. I was so excited to bring this homework assignment in that was around my idol, which was Michael Jordan. I, I shared a little bit about who he was and why I love him so much. And I just remember being so happy to bring this paper into my fourth grade teacher. And when she picks it up, uh, she looks at it, she shakes her head. But when she was finished grading it, it was a big failure on, on an F. And she told me, looked me dead in my face and said, never pick up a pen and write again. And from that moment, I was in a way scarred. I hated writing. I hated reading. Uh, I really went downhill when it came to grades. But uh, later off in my life about, you know, 
seventh, eighth, ninth grade, I realized that you have to keep up your grades in order to keep playing football. So it became a priority to me to start doing good in school and this and that. So I started going to the tutor, start playing really good on the field. I started getting scholarships all over the country and things were going real good until one night, my senior year, you know, being influenced by a guy named 50 Cent, you know, get rich or die trying the rapper. Um, I'm hanging out with this young lady after dark um, at nighttime at this park. I was like a month away from signing my national letter of intent to go to University of Nebraska, which was my dream school at the time. And all of a sudden we're sitting in the car. Her phone goes off. And unbeknown to me, when I snatched her phone, being that prideful, egotistical high school football player, future college football star, when I snatched her phone, I answered it, hello, and her ex-boyfriend was on there, and we started going off, you know, he was like, why are you with my girl, why are you with my girl, I was like, hold on, bro, this is my girl, what are you talking about, and I started making fun of him, like, you know, the MySpace days, the top 10 friends, uh, I was one of her top friends, he was nowhere on there anymore, so I was like, you know, basically provoking this guy. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I did the most unwise thing. I told him where we were that night. I was like, run up, run up and get done up type thing. I want to fight you. Needless to say, I hung up and 10 minutes later, 10 to 20 minutes later, a van peels in five guys jump out of the car. I'm not talking about burgers and I'm, I'm pridefully about to get out the car yet fearfully getting out the car. And I say, just sit here, sit here. And as I'm walking up to them, my heart is beating. My mind is racing. I'm nervous out of my mind. I don't know. These are five dudes, right? And all of a sudden, this guy who was at the front, which was her ex-boyfriend, reaches for his waistband. He pulls out a pistol. And I turn and I run. I slip and I fall onto the gravel. He stood over me. Boom, boom. Two gunshots ring out. And I got up quick as I can. I ran off hoping he wasn't going to, you know, finish me off, shoot me in the back or whatever. And I didn't even know I was shot. But as I looked over my shoulder, they had jumped in a van and they peeled out. And I ended up getting next to the car, uh, the left side, the passenger side. And I dove in to the, you know, next to the passenger side door. And as I'm looking up, the young girl was out of the car. And I'm hoping and praying, you know, my last thought was like, where was the girl? But because I was wondering if these guys was, was going to run up on me and finish me off. So as I'm laying here on this cold cement, just confused, uh, I'm, I'm scared. All of a sudden, you know, I feel this warm blood coming up my back. And at that moment, I went into a panic attack because at that moment, I knew I was shot. I was gunned down and I lost control, man. And I remember just weaving in and out of consciousness literally crying, crying, you know, this prideful, egotistical high school football players on the ground crying like a little pom-pom girl because uh, I didn't know what was next, you know. I've never been in this scenario before. Uh, I can remember this in that moment. When I looked around, uh, my coaches weren't there. My brothers weren't there. My friends, my crazy cousins, nobody. The girl wasn't there. I was there all alone. I had to cry out to the God of the universe that night. He was the last resort. Uh, so the resource, uh, you know, every resource had failed. And, you know, when they failed, I died with them and I had to go back to the source. And he met me right where I was. And I remember that uh, and I'll never forget it. Uh, he had, 
his mercy was there for my mess, man, and it changed everything. He sent the so angel how did you, that night. <laughs> he said, "Oh, wait, so, so I was I didn't mean to interrupt you there because I really want to hear that part of it." Now I was going to ask, "How did you, you know, in those moments? How did you kind of get help in those moments? And and what yeah. was the actual mechanics of that, bro? Like as utterly helpless and hopeless as I was, literally." God answered my cry. Like he brought, he sent a guy who I call an angel to the, to this day. I didn't know who he was. Uh, 20 minutes later, it felt like an eternity, but a guy comes up in his pickup truck. He, he runs out uh, and he picks me up. I mean, this guy wasn't too big at all. You know what I'm saying? I was a football player. So I had a little bit of size on me and he, he throws me in his truck. And of course I, it was a bloodbath in his truck and he, took me to the hospital, was running red lights. I remember just thinking like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? But more importantly, God, get me to the hospital. Cause I was thinking of several things as I was on that ride, but he, he picks me back up when we get to the hospital, runs me into the ER. They throw me on the gurney. And that literally was the last time I seen that guy, never seen him since. So I call him a, a angel in disguise to this day. Cause I don't know who, I don't know him from Adam, you know? So but I praise God that he was there in that moment where I needed help the most. Wow. Well, so there's a couple of things that you said there that I want to, you know, kind of tease out for the folks who are listening. Because so first, you know, that fourth grade teacher, you know, and, and it's amazing how, you know, like Rochelle, I'm like, you're an author, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and a phenomenal writer. And, and, and I know that, that, you know, there's, there's many more books that are coming out from, from the person who is never supposed to write again. And I think that for some of you who are hearing this right now, you know, people have said things to you that they thought was the right thing, but it's not who God says that you are. And, you know, and I, and I just want to remind you, the only thing that really matters, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. We live in a world full of opinions. The only thing that really matters is who God says that you are. And, and oftentimes, and, and uh, Billy and I, we have uh, interviewed Mark Batterson, who heard something very, very similar. Like, don't write, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. like Mark Batterson, like, he writes, you know. God yeah, he writes. <laughs> you know? And, and just like Rashawn. And so, like, that's the first thing. Because I, I know some of us, maybe it was a, a parent, maybe it was a, a coach or a mentor, a teacher, uh, maybe it was a sibling. You know, uh, don't believe those lies because, you know, obviously the Bible teaches that Satan is the father of lies. He's the accuser yeah. of the brethren. And don't let someone's garbage hold you back from fulfilling God's purpose because Rashawn's a great testimony of that. And then the second part of it, I, I, I don't want any of us to miss the fact that for Rashawn, you know, he had it all going. He was going to University of Nebraska. He's a star foot, stud football player. He's got a pretty girl. You know, the whole thing is working. But uh, oftentimes when we when we have nothing left, we, we know we need to reach out to the creator. We, we need to reach out to the Lord. We need to reach out to Jesus. And, and sometimes people say to me as a, as a pastor, say, Daniel, why do people always reach out to Jesus when they're at, when they're at the bottom? I'm like, that's actually normal. Like when you have a broken leg, you need a crutch. Yeah. When you have two broken legs, you need a wheelchair. And when you realize that you have a broken life, you need a savior. Amen. You know what I mean? And Jesus said that the, the, those who are well don't need a physician, but those who are sick yeah. do. You well, know, and so Jesus did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. So if you're one of those folks right now and you're here, because I realize everyone's on a different step of their faith journey. Like if you're hearing this, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, man, like everything's falling apart. Like nobody wants me mm -hmm. to tell you, Jesus already came on a rescue mission for you. Yeah. He already laid down his life for you. And for Rashawn at, at that most pivotal moment, Obviously, he realized his coaches weren't there. The girl wasn't there. The scholarship didn't mean anything, you know, and he's like, I had to cry out to the God of all creation. And, and he came and did a work. And and, and that's, yeah. that's how the Lord works. Is that true, Rashawn? 
That's very true. That's very true. And as, as messy as my life was then, I can't be hard. For, I, I'm not hard pressed to say today that it's still messy. I got areas of my life that's still messy. You know what I'm saying? We all do, uh, right? We all do. Yes, exactly, brother. But here's one thing I love is that God is cleaning up messes in our life with a love we can't measure. Like he constantly is showing his love through the cross that's cleansing us every single day as we look back to the cross. So like, I'm just like, just faithful, man. Can I add one more thing about this? The whole thing with the fourth grade teacher, A, you know, teachers should never do that. But B, there's a, there's a broader lesson in that about the power of words. I feel like there's, and maybe you, I don't think you guys will disagree with me, but I feel like there's kind of this obsession because a hundred percent, I agree. God's opinion is the only opinion that matters, but we kind of tell people like, Oh, you know, sticks and stones. And we have this whole, but the reality is words really do hurt. And, you know, I think that it's, it's really a reminder, not so much to condemn the teacher, which of course what she did was wrong, but to remember that what we are saying to other people really matters and it can have an effect that goes on for not just days or weeks it can go on for months or years oh, there are things true. that were said to me that you know that i held on to forever and so it's just it's more of a check i think on us as we communicate because that really does matter brother it matter it means everything and you know what's wild about that it took me 26 years until i came to christ to sort of overcome that obstacle the teacher laid out before me, right? Like, so I didn't pick up a pen really, or even read books, not even, it was hard for me to even read the Bible. I have to run to the Bible app because it was just a stumbling block for me in my speaking, in my reading, in my writing until I met Christ, you know? And I love what the scripture says, for all those who are in Christ, they are new creation, all the old is gone. Behold, all things become new. And that's so true for me in my life. And I'm sure for those who are listening and for your life as well, man, he rewrites our stories. Yeah, and I love this. And, and I think one of the grids that I always try and uh, encourage people to use as it relates to people's words, and I, Billy, I think you're right on, like, we have to take heed how we stand lest we fall, you know, and, um, you know, whenever we see that mirror of somebody who does something wrong, we always have to ask ourselves, like, okay, so Lord, is it I, Lord? Like, like w- when Jesus said, one of you will betray me. It was only in the heart of Judas Iscariot to do it, but all the disciples like, is it I, Lord? Like, is that what I'm doing? You know? And so I think um, one of the grids I always tell people is that everyone's allowed to have their opinions, but we should never weigh everyone's opinion equally. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, so the idea is that everyone's allowed to have their opinions. And I was just actually talking to my, one of my children about this because there's something going on at her school. And I'm like, Hey, listen, everyone's allowed to have their opinion and really everyone's allowed to voice their opinion. Yeah, you know, or, or at least you know that's what we've been told for so long. We can discuss the the realities of that in present <laughs> you know, circumstances, but 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 the idea is everyone's allowed to have their opinion, but you can't weigh everyone's opinion equally. Mm-hmm. And so, like for me, that's why I say like all that really matters is what Jesus says about us, right? So that's like his words get the most weight. But then even in the midst of it, like you look at like, so like for a fourth grade teacher, you know, like their words are weighty to a fourth grader. They're an authority figure. You know, this is in fourth grade. It's a little bit before people are like, well, I'm questioning authority. And, you know, I, you know, I fact checked it on Google. So I'm not sure that I agree with your interpretation of Shakespeare or whatever, you know, it's, it's before those times. And so it's important for us that, you know, like we want to make sure that we weigh certain opinions uh, with more weight, it's got it's it's more weight than someone else's opinions, and I think that also really helps us to be. And then we have to realize in our own words and the way that we speak, 
you know, that, you know, people are going to hold our opinions mm. uh, differently. There's a weight to our opinions because we're followers of Jesus. And so like everything we do is, is reflects as a witness upon Jesus. And then how does it impact people? And that's why I think it's always in our day and age with our words, our words aren't only what come out of our mouth, but it's what we post on social media. It's the way we comment on someone's uh, ideas. And, and I always like try and remember, like, you know, when you're sitting behind a computer screen and there's just things like that's an actual person creating the image and likeness of God, you right. know, uh, an image bearer, but fatally flawed, like the rest of us and, yeah. and, and they have feelings. And so we have to be careful. I mean, so speak for yourself on the fatally flawed, you know, speak for yourself on that. You know, I don't... Hey, hey, I, I tested that, man. <laughs> I look into my life sometimes our phone heart. I think in, in, in Daniel, listen, I remember you sharing a message one time really quick. You were sharing about how when you come to Christ or first off, you will typically see outward changes when you come to Jesus and it takes much longer to see the heart change. So I remembered that like for a long time, even through your messages, bro. So both of y'all impacted me, man. So I just want to yeah, say thank you. Thank both of you guys, man. I, I love, love both of you, man. So, well, I love, uh, we I love, love you, man. And I love hearing your story because I think it's so, I mean, it's so amazing to me. So after you, you go through this, how does that, you spoke about it a little bit. How did that change your life? So, yeah, from that point, uh, I was trying to figure out, you know, I, I have seeds of faith like planted in me, you know, uh, words of affirmation. People were coming to me and encouraging me through that season. But at the end of the day, I didn't have discipleship. Nobody was really walking. I wasn't following anybody as they were following Christ. I had a Bible handed over to me and I read something in Proverbs 19:21 that impacted me. Many are the plans of a man's heart but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Cause I had many plans. My plan was to go to uh, uh, Nebraska and play ball. And, you know, it was to have this amazing sort of uh, uh, path to the NFL, but at the end of the day, it was all in shambles. So it was opening my eyes up, but at the end of the day, I didn't, I wasn't being discipled and poured into in that way. So I either was a false convert or backslid really bad or a terrible prodigal. And I went, Back off into the world. When I got into junior college, God ended up, you know, restoring me, getting me back to a position where I can physically play sports, which I was thankful for. However, I chose to go down the path that Psalms 1 tells us not to go down. You know, blessed is he who does not walk in step with the wicked, nor take the way that sinners take or sin the company of mockers. But blessed is he who delights in the law of the Lord. But I chose those paths. So I end up really having a... Um, face the consequences of what came with those. I went to jail in college several times. I was sleeping around with a lot of women, end up having my first child out of wetlock. Um, and I was doing anything and everything I can to, to prove myself. Uh, and I ended up going to commission into the army. And this was the big wake up call. Uh, me and my boys were out drinking and we were going to strip clubs and things like that. And we got in a lot of trouble one night. Um, and, that sort of provoked me to think of other things outside the military. You know, me as a commissioned army officer, one of the worst things you can do is get a dishonorable discharge. And I didn't want to go that route. So I decided, hey, if if I were to get out right now, get my army medical degree and then go back to Oklahoma as a reserve guy and forfeit being an active duty guy, will you guys just let me off and let me just go reserves? They said, yes. Jesus is real. 
While the details of our lives can be vastly different, God works in each person's story to let you know that He's real and that He cares. Today, Pastor Daniel and Billy spoke with Rashawn Copeland about his past, how he reached out to God in some pretty dark moments. You were reminded that the things in this life eventually fail you, but God never will. You can count on the Lord to be near you, even when your world is falling apart. We'll have a preview of next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now, here's Josh. It's an amazing reality that God can harness even the darkest times in your life and bring good things out of them. Come back next time as Pastor Daniel and Billy continue their conversation with Rashawn Copeland about how God met Rashawn where he was and changed his life. You'll hear how each day is a new opportunity to invite the Lord into your story, to start where you are and let Him work things out. Well, that's all we have time for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.